Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulihi al-nabiyyil karim Amma ba'd Ibadallah yaqulullahu subhanahu wa ta'ala fi kitabih al-aziz Ba'd ana qula awudu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim Wa ma arsalnaka illa rahmatan lil-alamin صدق الله العظيم العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إنما أنا رحمة وهداه وكما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام. Last week we were talking about or two weeks ago we were talking about having empathy towards others and how the Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم how he treated children how he dealt with his wives. How he dealt with his colleagues, his friends, and the Sahaba radiyallahu ta'anhum ajma'in. Related to that topic is the importance of having mercy. From the beginning, the way, the way we can understand how important mercy is, is the fact before starting the recitation of every surah, we should say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ar Rahman Ar Rahim. Out of all the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, generally, without a doubt, every single Muslim, the attribute of Allah that they will without a doubt express the most is Ar Rahman and Ar Rahim. We hear the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can have more than 99 names. But the 99 names are the most famous. And out of the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one a believer will express the most is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Allah is the merciful, the most merciful, the very merciful, the most compassionate. So just by this, that the fact that we say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim constantly, that in itself shows you that there's importance in the characteristic and the attribute in the sifat of Allah having Ar Rahman and Ar Rahim, and that this is such an important attribute that we are told to repeatedly, to we are told to repeat it over and over. It should show us indirectly that having mercy within a human being having this characteristic of being merciful is just as important as, as many times we mention it. When we repeat something over and over, what's the purpose of it? When we do the dhikr of Allah, we say Allah, Allah, or we say La ilaha illallah over and over, what's the purpose of it? To instill the fact that there is absolutely no one worthy of worship except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you repeat something over and over, the purpose isn't just to repeat it, but it's to bring it into your life. So if I'm saying Ar-Rahman, I'm saying Ar-Rahim, constantly I'm saying Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, we should have this intention in our mind that we hope that we can have a portion of this quality of Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim in our own lives too. There are very few qualities, besides possibly Taqwa. Taqwa, Al-Muttaqeen. هُدَلْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ أَلِفْ لَامْنِينَ ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ الْعَرَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدَلْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ Or شَهْرُ رَمَضَانِ الَّذِي أُنزِرَ فِيهِ الْقُرَانِ هُدَلْ لِلْنَّاسِ وَبَيِّنَاتٍ مِّنَ الْهُدَى وَالْفَرْقَانِ Over and over when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about hidayah, He joins it with taqwa. When He talks about the successful one, He joins it with 
taqwa. So there's, there's no doubt that the highest quality, a highest, the highest characteristic a believer can have is from being amongst the muttaqeen. Allahumma ja'alna min al-muttaqeen. We ask Allah to make us from amongst the muttaqeen. So the quality and the characteristic of taqwa is mentioned over and over. But there are very few qualities that are mentioned in the Qur'an and the ahadith of Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One of them is taqwa. And another one is, is mercy. So many ahadith of Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when it comes to regard, regarding being merciful. Not just toward animate objects, but also inanimate objects. Whether it's the animal kingdom, whether it's the human kingdom or the humankind, or it's the inanimate objects like plants, water, rocks, pebbles, boulders. The Prophet had mercy towards those things too, animate and inanimate. And when you look at the hadith of the Prophet you will see how the Prophet says, how grave and how major of a sin it is to take the honor and the, and the honor and the dignity of another Muslim. And in other narrations, we also see how grave of a sin it is to disrespect non-Muslims. So if the Prophet was talking about ahadith over and over, to treat the non-Muslims with respect, or the ahadith that the Prophet was talking about, show mercy towards a goat when he slaughtered it, show mercy. So when it's inanimate objects, or it's animal kingdoms, or it's non-Muslims, you can only imagine how important it is to be merciful, kind, and compassionate to other Muslims. So, inshallah, we'll go over this topic when it comes to being merciful. As I mentioned, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has many qualities. But Allah Himself mentioned the quality of His mercy over and over. As we mentioned, before almost every surah in the Qur'an, with the exception of one surah, 114 surahs, and even then, 113, and then 100, before 113 surahs, we say, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, but the Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is still found 114 times in the Qur'an, because we know in one of the surahs, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّهُ مِنْ سُلَيْمَانِ وَإِنَّهُ Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. This letter is from Sulaiman, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, and that is all the letter said. And every one day when we do the tafsir of the verse, we'll go over why he only wrote that. So before almost every surah, with the exception of one surah, surah Tawbah, we say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Then let's look at Surah Al-Fatiha. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. So he says, all praise belongs to who? Allah. Who is Allah? When Allah is describing Himself, what's the first characteristic He describes Himself with? Rabb. Rabb, Rabbil Alameen. That's the first characteristic. So Alhamdulillah, all praise, Lillah belongs to Allah. Then after that, are characteristics or attributes, or in English we can also call them adjectives. So if we were to say Samir, then we have adjectives. Mufti, scholar, imam, whatever you want to add. These are adjectives. So Allah's attributes, the first one He mentioned is what? Rabb. Caretaker. What's number two? Ar-Rahman. One 
translation we can do of Ar-Rahman is limitless mercy. Ar-Rahim who is merciful to all. I will explain that. We are instructed to recite Surah Al-Fatiha in every rakat, in every salah we pray. If we were to count just the fard and the sunnahs, Muqqadah and Surah Al-Mutar, that equals 30 times a day we recite Surah Al-Fatiha. So 30 times a day we say Rab, Rahman and Rahim. And even though the character, the attribute we're talking about is Rahman and Rahim, Rab, in order to be a good take caretaker, you have to be merciful. So Allah is our Rabb. What does that mean? Rabb has many meanings. In Urdu we have a word called Tarbiyah, in Arabic too. Tarbiyah, Tarbiyah, upbringing, how you raise a child. So Allah is coming from the, Rabb is coming from this word of Tarbiyah. So Allah, if we give ourselves to Allah, then He will do our upbringing. So that He is our caretaker in that sense, the one who will do our upbringing. Rab in the sense that he takes care of all of your needs. He's your Lord, but he also we also worship him. So Rab has many meanings. So to an extent you can say the Rab is inclusive of Rahman and Rahim. Rab is inclusive of Rahman and Rahim. Right? And Rahman al-Dunya wa Rahim al-Akhirah. And there's different explanations of what is Rahman, what is the difference between Rahman and Rahim, which we have already gone over before, but inshallah, uh, for this series we'll just continue with Ar-Rahman and Rahim. So every day we're starting from the Qur'an right now. The first example from Qur'an about being merciful and showing you the importance of merciful is what? That we say Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim before every surah. The second point was in Surah Al-Fatiha, which we recite more than 30 times a day, we say Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. 30 times a day we were expressing Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. In another verse in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, which you have mentioned before too, that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the unique qualities of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did he say? فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ It is through the mercy of Allah, O Muhammad, لِنْتَ لَهُمْ that you are soft towards them. In another verse in the Quran, Allah says, about the characteristics of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so, there are certain attributes that Allah only puts to Himself. When it comes to the Prophet not every attribute is mentioned. But in the Qur'an, the attribute of being merciful, that the Prophet the characteristic of the Prophet being merciful is mentioned in the Qur'an. فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ لِنْتَ, in Arabic, لِنْتَ is a verb. And that verb is inclusive of a pronoun, which is you. You, anta. Linta, anta. Meaning the Prophet is being addressed directly. فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ O Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is through my rahmah, my mercy that you are kind to. The Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala and everyone around you. In another verse of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, which is from the last verses of Surah Tawbah, لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمُ الرَّسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتْتُمْ حَرِيسٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِ Oh Muhammad sallallahu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Muslims and the Sahaba radiallahu ajma'in, لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمُ رَسُولٌ مِّنَ أَنفُسِكُمْ A messenger has come to you from amongst you. عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتْتُمْ حَرِيسٌ عَلَيْكُمْ حَرِيسٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَعُوفَ الرَّحِيمِ حَرِيسٌ In Urdu we say حِرْسٌ حِرْسٌ to have a desire. 
Haris, the Prophet has a desire for what? Harisun alaykum, the Prophet has a desire over you, alaykum bil mu'mineen, that he really wants this. Bil ra'uf al-rahim, ra'uf al-rahim. That he wants to be soft, kind, and merciful towards you. Meaning the Prophet was looking for every avenue to make life easy for the believers. So Allah describes Himself as Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Then He says within the characteristics of the Prophet is Rahman, Rahma, merciful and compassion. But it didn't stop there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continued. And He said the effect of this attribute of being merciful towards others that was found in the Prophet the effect was so great that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the Sahaba radiallahu rajmahi, what does He say? وَالَّذِينَ مَأَهُوا أَشِدَّا عَلَى الْكُفَّارِ the Sahaba their characteristic, their attribute is being described in the Quran. Who are they? They are severe against the disbelievers. Who are the disbelievers? The one who are associating partners with Allah. That is the worst thing that can happen on the face of this earth. We can commit so many sins, we can do so many wrongs, so many people can do so much wrong. If a person comes and curses us, okay, cool, it's a big deal. They curse our mother, it's still a big deal. But the worst thing that somebody else can do is curse Allah. So the Sahaba were, Allah is describing the strength of their emotions. That against the non-Muslims, they are severe. And they know how to be harsh. If you call out Allah, they're going to defend Islam. But, But when it comes to themselves, they are kind and merciful to each other. So they know how to turn off the switch. They know when to be severe, and they know when to be kind and soft and merciful. In another verse of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمُنُوا مَنْ يَرْتَدَّ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ دِينِهِ فَسَوْفَ يَعْتِ اللَّهُ بِكَوْمِ يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَهُ أَدِلَّةً عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ عِزَّةً عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ That a group will come to you, meaning some people had left Islam. يَا O oh, you who believe, whoever has turned away from this religion, Allah is going to bring a group of people. And even though it's talking about that era, to an extent, and it can also talk about this era too. This can be addressing us too. That they will love you and you will love them. Meaning they will love Allah and Allah will love them. So when there are people turning away from Islam, they don't care about Islam, Allah is addressing them. Allah will take you away and replace you with a group of people that love Him and He loves them. يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَ That loves the Sahaba, that loves the Prophet, that loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَدِلَّةً عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ عِزَّةً عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ Then there's some ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala he narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Ala ukhbirukum, shall I inform you of the one for whom Jahannam is haram? Shall I inform you of someone for whom Jahannam is haram? Yani, the fire can't affect them and they won't be thrown in the fire. Every soft person, hey, soft, light, layin, soft. Every merciful, soft, and easy-going person. Every soft, 
merciful, easy. What is easy going mean? Easy going means that you are accessible where people can talk to you. There, you are accessible and people can have a conversation with you. It's not like people are like, you know, can you get me in the room with him and then can you like be there so the tension is calmed down? I needed to just be present to calm them down a little bit. No, an easygoing person, no matter the situation, they can go up to him and have a conversation. In other words, they're soft, they're easy to talk to. When the Prophet was dealing with the Treaty of Hudaybiyah and they were negotiating, and for the non-Muslims, a person by the name of Suhail ibn Amr came. Before they weren't doing any proper negotiation, and when Suhail ibn Amr came, Suhail, Sahal, Sahala, means to be ease. So when Suhail ibn Amr was coming, the Prophet said, perhaps now the situation will become easy for us, because this is the cool head we're talking to. His mind is a little bit cooler. He's not letting his emotions stop him from negotiating. So an easy one person. Jahannam is haram for that person. The fire of Jahannam, the fire of hell, hell fire is haram for that person. If you are soft, kind, that is your protection on the day of the You will be shielded and it can't burn you. Now, as I mentioned before, what we do in these classes is not to call out other people. It's to look in within ourselves. How do we know if we have a hard heart? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes what a hard heart is. Number one, the Qur'an is not having an effect on you. When the Qur'an is recited, it softens you. It puts some fear of Allah in you. Then your, your, your skin, it feels affected. Your heart, it feels affected towards the remembrance of Allah. You know, like when you hear something so motivating or so something that captivating or such an incident that was mentioned that really softens your heart and your skin shivers a little bit. Your body shivers a little bit. And you feel the coolness on your skin. Or you feel that coolness and that soft feeling in your heart. That is called So if the Quran is not doing that to you, that means your heart is hard. The effect of Quran is it then? Well, Allah mentions in another place in the Quran. وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِّرُوا بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ لَمْ يَخِرُّوا عَلَيْهَا سُمَّ وَعُمْيَانَ In other places in the Quran too. That a believer, when Quran is recited before them, they fall down in awe in, in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Quran makes you cry. It softens you. When you otherwise, some people, when they're listening to Quran, they okay, turn it off, I don't want to hear it. So this is one sign. The second sign is that we're not able to cry and show emotion for the sake of Allah. Then even forcefully, there's a hadith on the Prophet When you make dua, cry in front of Allah. If you can't naturally cry, force yourself to cry. So the second thing that we need to look at, when we make an effort to show emotion, when we make an effort to cry, we still can't cry. And unfortunately, I get messages from people too. I try to pray, I try to make wudu, but you know, I'm just not feeling it. Salah is just not meant for me. I don't feel the effect of salah. I don't see the purpose of salah. I've tried, I've tried crying, I've tried doing so many things, I can't do it. When a person is making an effort to cry, and they still can't cry, that means their heart 
It's very hard. Again, this is not to look at other people, okay, call them out for these things. But this is to look at ourselves and make ourselves better. What are some causes that cause a heart to harden? And we'll go over the solutions and end it, inshallah. Number one, sinning. Sin upon sin causes the heart to die. Sin upon sin, sin after sinning, sinning after sinning causes the heart to die. So when we keep sinning, we become accustomed to it, we're immune to it, we don't feel bad. So if someone thinks, okay, you know what? Music, it's haram, okay, it's bad for me, it's a sin. You listen to it once, you feel so guilty afterwards. Then you do it again. You feel guilty maybe again. Then you do it third time. Ah, whatever. Nothing happened to me. Now I'm going to listen to it. Now that guilt, that feeling of guilt is completely gone. So when you sin over and over that guilt, that feeling of guilt you initially had, the first time you committed a sin, that sin is gone. I literally have had youngsters that are in the age of 19, 20, 21 who tell me, Samir, I commit so many sins, I meet so many people, I openly commit sins, I know it's wrong, but I don't feel bad at all. I don't know what to do. Seriously, the worst of sins, people will come to me. You know, before when I used to give speeches, I had to talk to people, listen to lectures, and you know, okay, see what they're going through. Unfortunately, now these are realities in my life. I can literally tell you the name of the person who said this to me. And when he said it. Because when you keep sinning, you don't feel bad no more. You miss salah, okay, you don't feel bad no more. You skip salah, you don't feel bad no more. You don't have wudu, you pray your maghrib, you pray your salah, you pray salat al isha no one caught you, nothing happened, Allah didn't punish you. You don't feel bad no more. So when you keep sinning and sinning, it causes the heart to die, it causes the heart to be hard, and the Qur'an no longer has an effect on this person. Sinning upon sin causes the heart to die. Number two. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an. The second cause, attachment to this dunya. You see, when you live a luxurious life, that's what the Prophet said, Be very cautious of living a luxurious life. Now you're accustomed to it. There's people who fly business class and first class, and then they say, you know, we can't fly economy anymore. There's people that are sleep on the most comfortable mattresses. Now they can't sleep on any mattress that's not as comfortable. They can't sleep on the floor. They can't go to any normal three-star hotel. They need five-star. They live a luxurious life. When they live in, when they drive old cars, they don't feel right. They feel out of place now. When they're not wearing their expensive dress and their expensive watches and their expensive glasses and their expensive hats and their caps and their nice suits and ties, they feel out of place because they are so attached to this dunya. And when you become attached to this dunya, you can't. Have, you can't be attached to this dunya and have the hereafter. When the heart is filled with this dunya, it has no place for this deen. So you don't feel bad no more. You don't care. All you're looking at is what increases my dunya. That's all that matters to you. It doesn't matter to you how much it affects society, it doesn't matter how much it affects the community, it doesn't matter how much it affects your Islam. All you care about is increasing the money in your bank account and increasing your attachment and your love for this dunya and getting more luxurious items. 
The Prophet said, Do not abundantly laugh. For laughing abundantly, constantly laughing, causes the heart to die. Now remember, laughing and joking is different than being happy. It's good to be happy, but laughing too much leads one to become numb from taking anything serious now. You know what? It's a serious conversation. You're talking about death? I can't do it. I just want to laugh. I just want to enjoy it. I can't talk about death. You want me to go to the grave? Pray someone's janazah? No, that's too sad. It's too heartbreaking. I can't do it. I just want to laugh. I just want to enjoy it. They can't take serious conversations anymore. But sometimes serious conversations are needed. They're important. Matter of fact, majority of the time they're important. So when someone becomes so accustomed to constantly laughing, constantly joking, they can no longer take those serious conversations. So the Jumma Khutbah is now too serious. Lectures like this is too serious. No, he's being too serious, man. Live a little. Live a little. You only live once. Being happy is not a bad thing, but laughing and joking is a bad thing. Happiness is through contentment. Whatever Allah gives me, Alhamdulillah, I'm happy. Alhamdulillah, no problem. Allah, this is what you want me to go through, no problem. So these three things, and there's many more, causes the heart to become hardened. What are some solutions? And unfortunately, I feel like I've given these lectures a few times and, and it just becomes a lecture and information. But we have to do amalan until we have to act upon it. Number one, spend time with those who are less fortunate than us. See their conditions and help them. شَكَا رَجُلًا إِلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَسْوَةَ قَلْبِ A person came to the Prophet and he complained about his hard heart. Ya Rasulullah, my heart is so hard, I don't feel affected. What do I do, Ya Rasulullah? إِنْ أَرَدْتَ The Prophet said, If you intend أَنْ يُلِينَ If you intend to soften your heart, فَأَتْعِمَ الْمِسْكِينَ وَمْسَحْ رَأْسَ الْيَدِينَ if you want to soften your heart, feed the poor and wipe the head of an orphan. Feed the poor and wipe the head of an orphan. Meaning be in the company of those who are less fortunate than you. Be in the company of those people who don't have nothing. Who can barely have food to eat. Who don't have parents to look after them. A child doesn't have a father to look after Feed the poor and wipe the head of a yatim. This can be achieved. Okay, if you can't find a yatim or an orphan, at least feed the poor. Or the purpose is to spend time in the company of who are less fortunate. And one of the best ways we can do this is go visit those who are sick. Or volunteer in a hospital. Volunteer at a food bank to feed the homeless. Do something that keeps you in the company of those that can soften you. That really can show you what the Prophet said, if you wake up in the comfort of your home and you have food at your home, you have a roof above your head, and you woke up with a roof above your head and you have food to eat, it is as if you have the entire dunya in your hand. People wake up in the morning and they don't know what they're going to eat at the evening. Sayyidina Umar used to say, 
explaining what tawakkul means. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala says, I wish I could live my life like a bird. I wake up in the morning, no idea where I'm going to eat dinner, where I'm going to get my breakfast and my dinner. But by the evening, I, I'm sleeping with a full stomach. Meaning I've been taken care of. I had no idea how I was going to eat today. He said, that's what tawakkul is. Obviously, his darjan rank is above all of us. But that explains to you an idea of what tawakkul is. Number two. Spend time with good people. No? Okay. Work life, difficult. I'm not able to do it. I, I can only take out so much time. Okay. You can't sit with them. You can't be with them. If you can, alhamdulillah. If not, read about them. Listen to their biographies. Listen to their stories. Listen to what kind of lives they live. Read about good people. Read about the sulaha. What do we read? We read about these successful people. Generally, they're not Muslims. Because when Muslims write a book about being success, it has to do with deen and praying and doing the dhikr of Allah and being connected to Allah. But it doesn't make money, it doesn't increase your bank account, it doesn't help you make money. So when we read books of successful people, we read it of generally not Muslims. So we don't read the biographies of our pious people. So when you're, again, that's attachment to dunya, that's attachment to this world. You're thinking about how to make more money. How will that soften your heart? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told, told the Prophet in the Quran, وَاسْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ وَالْعَشِيِّ يُدِيدُونَ وَجْهَةً Oh Muhammad Be in the company of those people who call on Allah day and night, and those who clear care about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and وَلَا تَعْدُ عَيْنَاكَ عَنْهُمْ تُرِيدُ زِينَةِ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا And they're not the ones who look at the, the, the beauty of this dunya, they don't concentrate on it, they don't even pay any attention to it. Oh Muhammad sit in their company. And last, is to remember death. A woman came to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. Shakata mura'atum ila Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. Qaswata qalbiha. A woman came to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala and she said, My heart is hard. What should I do? Fakarat Aisha. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. She said, Akthiri min dhikrin bawd. Abundantly mention and think, talk about death. It will soften your heart. Later on, this sister who came to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, she tried this. She tried, talk, kept talking about zikr, kept talking about death, kept on remembering death. Later on, she came back. She came back to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala later on, and she thanked her because she said, now after that moment when I kept on thinking about death, my heart had become soft. So try these three things, inshallah. Either spend time with the less fortunate, make an effort for that. That's once a month, once every other month. Number two, spend time with good people or read their stories. Read about them, listen about them. If you can listen to a lecture about the Sahaba about the Prophet about the pious predecessors and our ancestors, you can say from the Salaf al-Salihin. And number three, remember death. Maybe we don't get a habit of remembering death constantly, but when you feel your heart getting hardened, or you're thinking about committing sins, at that moment, try to remember death. Even it might not, you might not have the strength to completely refrain from that sin, but without a doubt, it'll soften you a little bit. Whereas you might not commit as grave as a sin. But it'll have some kind of effect on your heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all a merciful heart. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all a kind and a soft heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all a pure heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all of us and grant us all jannah al firdaus. Jazakumullah khairan wa akhir da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.